You're listening to Marketing News Canada, Canada's number one show featuring the brightest minds in marketing, PR, and digital advertising. Welcome to another episode of Marketing News Canada. I am thrilled to have Lisa join us, who comes from TELUS. And if you didn't know this yet, our internet, our ability to record these podcasts is all powered by TELUS. So our office uh, runs on TELUS's internet. Uh, thanks to them, uh, we can send and receive email. And we can use the Squadcast recording device powered by TELUS. But just full disclosure, this is not a sponsored episode in any way. We just are fans of TELUS because they provide us with really good internet quality service. And I'm always fascinated by what activities and marketing endeavors TELUS is doing right across the country. So Lisa is a customer-centric and data-driven brand marketer with a passion for driving both brand metrics and business outcomes. Over her 15 years driving marketing strategy, digital experiences, and brand advertising across multiple industries, Lisa has led teams and driven strong results from both the client and agency side. So Lisa joined TELUS in 2014 to focus on building end-to-end digital experiences for the B2B segment, moving on to lead the marketing communications and customer insights portfolio for TELUS Mobility's three brands, TELUS, Kudo, and Public Mobile. Inclusive of communication strategy and planning, media and advertising, CRM and marketing technology, as well as the customer research and insights programs. And in her current role as vice president, brand marketing, Lisa oversees the TELUS brand sponsorships, internal and external agency engagements, and is at the forefront of elevating and communicating TELUS's social purpose. Lisa, woo! Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Take a deep breath and a drink of water. I, I think I need to get an editor. <laughs> no, it's so, it's so cool. I just love, I, I was like, sometimes we try to like trim down these bios that were provided. But I think what I like about this is for those that are listening and, and those that are on the agency side, those that are on the brand side, those that are on the B2C side, those that are on the B2B side, you, you, you've been everywhere, Lisa. You, you, you know all of these worlds that we, we live in. You know what I do? And I have to say, like my career journey has been, I don't want to say atypical, but maybe just a little bit different. You know, the, the, the path was a little bit circuitous, but really, really exciting. And my career has pulled me in directions that are a little bit less comfortable than others. But the thing that's amazing is by doing all of those things, you know, the B2B, the B2C, the digital, you know, the customer insights, the research, the project management, like I've dipped my toes in a lot of areas and and you pull away the things that you love and are passionate about and you pull away the things that you're going to put in your repertoire of tools. And all of those things sort of come together, I think, that allow me to be what I think is a pretty fulsome marketer. So I feel really lucky to have had all of those experiences that allow me to write that really, really long bio. <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome. So if you were to kind of do like a compare and contrast, if someone was to say like B2B is X to while B2C is Y, is there any sort of good comparisons that you have as far as when it comes to marketing? Like kind of like the marketing mentality in B2B is you got to think more like this where B2C is more like this. I think honestly, like fundamentally to the core, marketing is marketing. And really what matters is understanding your audience. Like if you can get deep down and like peel back the layers of the onion in terms of your audience, their expectations, their path to purchase, their consumption habits, it really doesn't matter if you're selling to a business or to a consumer. At the end of the day, you're selling to a human. 
So I think fundamentally, I don't think there's an X and a Y in terms of B2B versus B2C. I think your tactics are probably going to be different. Um, but that, that's just the fun part, right? Like yeah. that's just sort of the veneer or the layer on the marketing. I think really what it comes down to is understanding audience and expectations and journeys. And, and, and so, so focusing on B2B versus B2C is really just expanding your breadth of tactics and programs and things that you do in the market. I find it's very rare. It's more rare to find people who are excited about and talking about and doing case studies for B2B. I, I feel like B2C often gets like highlighted and focused in like, you know, different magazines and publications. Whereas B2B though, I think is so interesting because it's so fascinating because you're selling to someone who has to make a decision on behalf of a company, right? Yeah. Or for their company. Yeah. Or you're, or you're selling to somebody who has to influence the person who has to make the decision, right? Like the, the path is not necessarily linear and, and that can introduce challenges. And so I would say, yes, like consumer advertising, B2C, like it gets all the flashy lights, it wins all the awards, it's where the, the creativity comes to the forefront, right? And I can't necessarily disagree with that. There's an excitement to it. But what's so fabulous about B2B marketing is in a way, you have to work harder because you have to work past that layer of creativity. And that can be, I find personally, that can be incredibly engaging and 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 really motivating in terms of how are you going to carve that path forward? How are you going to solve that detailed challenge at the micro and the macro? Because it isn't one or the other. You're always doing both if you think about it that way. Yeah. And and I find at B2B, it's so much about building that trust and showing that we're the best value and you're, you know, you're you're making the right decision, whereas B2C is creating that FOMO. Right? Yeah. That, you know, yes. <laughs> With trust in there too, though. Yes. Trust is an important factor, I think, in influencing all decisions, purchase decisions. But the FOMO is is certainly the fun layer, I think. Yeah. No, it's it's very very cool. Um, speaking of which, tell us you are famous for your critters, the animals that that have never I, I've not seen them go away. I love them when I see them. They make me smile. I see them on vehicles. They're everywhere. Tell us about the story of these critters. Oh gosh. Okay. So I am going to do my best to tell you the story yeah. about the critters, but they certainly predate me because although I've been at TELUS for going on eight years, the critters have been around for more than 20. So here's what I will tell you from what I know of the legacy of the critters. So TELUS actually acquired the wireless company from the East called ClearNet. And ClearNet had partnered with Taxi at the time, and they were just going forward with this new ClearNet brand campaign. And it was the talent at Taxi that actually had the insight. I listened to a podcast. One of my favorite podcasts is Under the Influence by Terry O'Reilly. Oh, I love that show. It's such a good one, right? Like you just, when you're on a drive, it's the perfect thing to put on in the car. And so actually I learned this little tidbit, not internally, but from listening to the Terry O'Reilly podcast about what was the insight behind coming forward with a campaign that was rooted in a critter. And so I won't tell that story because it's not mine to tell, but nonetheless, the taxi team sort of went forward and said, like, I think this is going to be a really good idea. And, and I, you know, they sort of laid it on the table and it was going to be like a real win or like a real not win. And it was a real win and it did amazing things. And so when ClearNet became a part of TELUS, Darren Entwistle, our CEO, had the vision to build upon that because it was so differentiated and it was so approachable yeah. and there was so much emotion behind it. Yeah. And, you know, that that just hasn't left us. And it's just growing. And the way we've expressed it has morphed over the years. But it's really such a core part of our iconic brand. And it's interesting when you think about how our critters and how our nature platform expresses itself in market, because 
as an advertiser or a creative person or a brand person, you might think it's a little bit restrictive because you've got this white background and you've got these animals and they can't interact with the technology. So how do you tell a story? But there's actually so much elasticity in our brand to really unpack creative storytelling, to tap into emotion, to tap into nostalgia. Music is a huge part of our brand voice, as you would probably be well familiar with. But that's what turns heads. That's what sets us apart. And so out of the gate, within the first two seconds of a TELUS TV spot, for example, you know it's TELUS. So we also benefit from really, really strong brand recognition and brand attribution in our advertising. So really, it's just a core to who we are, where we come from. And I don't see it going anywhere, to be honest with you. That's really cool. And I have to say, core to the TELUS brand, you know, when you see the white background and there's a just about, you know, a hippo begins to walk on the scene, like yeah. that's TELUS, right? Like just even when you see the white background and a, an animal, just the ear of the hippo or whatever. Yes. But I think the other one is, which is a, a great rhyme, and, and maybe that's part of why it's worked so well, but it's just kind of been ingrained in our, I, I would say, I can speak at least for Vancouver, but the give where you live. I think yeah. when you think of TELUS, you think of every major event that's great for families, great for activities, or any incredible charity doing amazing work, you see the TELUS brand connected. And, and tell us about that. What does that look like for you? Your job is kind of the social purpose side of TELUS. I actually love that you bring that to the forefront and obviously a line like we give where we live. It's simple. It's easy. You understand what it means in its simplicity. But a line like that is truly representative of who we are organizationally and what is most core to our values. So like at TELUS, our brand really is a living embodiment of our values in action. I, and, and, and that's what we give where we live means. Um, it's not a tagline that we're using as often in market anymore, but it's still such a strong embodiment of it. You know, for 20 years, together with the support of our customers, our team members, our retirees, like our retiree community continues to be hugely active in joining TELUS and giving where we live. We really have been driving social change and creating remarkable human outcomes for 20 years. It's a, it's, it's a legacy of who we are. I think, you know, when, when you think about what's underneath we give where we live or what's underneath our social purpose, it's really to leverage the power of our world-leading technology to enable remarkable human outcomes. Now, that's a big statement, and that's not your marketing statement, but it really is core to who we are. TELUS's breadth of giving and our depth of giving is it, it's truly impressive. And what I'm not going to do is spend our time together telling you about all those things because we could spend the whole time talking about it. Yeah. But we focus on four core areas. So and all of them are enabled by our technology, which at, at our core is 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 who we are. So connectivity and using connectivity to bridge digital divides. So programs like Mobility for Good and Internet for Good, which help provide access to connectivity to vulnerable populations, whether that be youth aging out of foster care, whether that be seniors, whether that be low-income families. I mean, what time like the last year and a half has connectivity for children been more important than now, right? And our second pillar is health. So digitally transforming healthcare. So enabling virtual access to healthcare. And again, 2020, <laughs> if ever there was a year that we needed access to virtual healthcare, but it's more than that. It's using that investment to, again, enable remarkable human outcomes. So we've actually launched mobile health clinics in urban centers across the country where we have 
a, a, a mobile health clinic that roams the inner city and gives access to healthcare, whether that be for mental well-being or physical well-being, to homeless people, to people who would not normally access traditional healthcare environment. So we have, you know, published really Im important goals around carbon neutrality um, and, and those things. But but interestingly, what we're also doing in the environmental space, beyond what I believe should be the core expectation, quite frankly, is doing things like investing in our agriculture business. So where we're using our technology ultimately to help feed an increasingly hungry world safely and sustainably. And then finally giving back to our communities. And that probably brings it full circle to where we give where we live. But this is really about ensuring that the programs that we support, both with our hearts and our minds, as well as our hands, is driving social equity so that all Canadians have the ability to reach their full potential. And that's what I think Give Where We Live really means to us. And those are the core pillars of what's underpinning statements like that. That's incredible. And, and I think, you know, volunteerism, you guys, you know, staff are encouraged to volunteer. You're out Absolutely. in the community, which is, which is really neat. Yeah, we have what we call friendly future days. So on a quarterly basis, so we make it super easy for team members and retirees to sign up for programs. They don't have to do the work of finding the program in their local community. We encourage it. We have donation matching programs for team members. It is absolutely. And, you know, when you think about why is a social purpose important to an organization, it's not just the good that you're contributing in your communities, but it's also about attracting top talent. And retaining top talent, like if we want to have a competitive differentiation, yeah. that's the expectation of top talent. And we're not just doing it now because it's the thing to do. We've been doing it for 20 years. Yeah. And, and winning awards for, yes. for the amount of giving, and, and which yeah. is pretty impressive. Yeah. 5% of pre-tax profits in 2020, which is which is is what we gave back last year. And that's more than any other organization. Quite impressive. That's yeah. Amazing. It's amazing. So I, I assume, and, and part of your role in marketing, that's part of it. That's just baked in. It's yes. not just, okay, we should, here's our marketing plan. Okay, we should give a check uh, at the end of the month to this organization and get a photo of it in the paper. No, <laughs> that is definitely not what we're looking to do. It's it's core to our, I mean, our purpose is, is you you might almost argue, is our North Star, yeah. right? It's, it's, it's our, it guides our strategy. It guides our vision. It guides our research and development. It, gu it guides our capital investment strategies. It's absolutely at the forefront of what we're doing. And then on top of that, it guides our marketing. You know, so when you think about our community investment programs, all of those things that we do ladder up against those four pillars that we talked about. But also when we talk about our marketing, it's, you know, we've, we've really... We've really seen a shift, I think, in the marketing industry. Everybody's talking about purpose marketing. I think at Telus, we've been we've been purposeful for all these years, but we've been quiet about it, right? It's not it's it's not in our in our DNA necessarily to go loud and to go bold, but we've we've shifted that a little bit because I think it's critically important for Canadians and consumers and customers to understand what our purpose is because. Increasingly, consumers are demanding it, quite frankly, and it's critical that as marketers, we do it authentically. We have the ability to do it authentically at TELUS. And so in the last year, you would have seen us be a little bit more bold and a little bit more vocal about our purpose. 
and not just at a master brand level, but also in terms of leveraging that purpose to set us apart from our competitive set and to influence purchase decision. Because at the end of the day, when consumers feel that their values are aligned, they're more likely to choose you as a service provider. And we're really starting to see those business results come into play. So it's quite an exciting, pivotal time, I find. Yeah, no, and and even, you know, just anecdotally, like my own family and our own office, we chose to get the smart home system from TELUS because it just, we, you know, we like what the company stands for. We like where the, you know, some of the profits are going and it's a, you know, it was a good, easy decision to make. It is. And, and, you know, smart home security is a great example, or, you know, even if you think about in the mobility space, you know, consumers probably first and foremost search for the, for the hands that they want the device, like that's kind of the exciting thing, right? A little bit of your status symbol, if that's the kind of thing you're inclined towards. So it's like, okay, if you're going to go buy X device, now you need a plan for it. Plan pricing is probably pretty ubiquitous across the market. Why wouldn't I choose it from the organization that's going to contribute and do good in my community. It really does tip the scale in what could arguably be considered a commoditized industry. Yeah. And I mean, at the end of the year, I I love this thing. I I don't know if you're still doing it. I remember it was a Christmas time. It was like, hey, we want to give you a gift. And it had three different animals. And I could choose either giving to like, I think it was like one of these three animal charities, or I could get some chocolates, or I could donate to like, some other charity. Like it was the neatest little thing. And then you just like went through this web experience of like choosing what kind of gift you wanted and you could either give it to others or receive something. So. And you know, a lot of people gave it to others, which I I mean, you have the option, which is lovely. The power is in the hand of the customer. And and I think that's important, but it's those moments and it's tapping into those moments where we get to almost play that assist in helping Canadians give and be charitable in their actions and be charitable in their choices. So I love that you remember that campaign, by the way. <laughs> it's very, very cool. It's one of those that, you know, those campaigns that you remember, right? That sits yeah. with you because totally. it was, it was an experience I could have and I felt good about it, even though it wasn't my own money giving away, but I was like, I felt like I did some good yes. thanks to tell us. <laughs> You're like, yeah. self high five. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there was a little animal like along the way. Like I, I like the thing I love so much about MailChimp is that like there's this monkey that would come along with you yes. drink, you know, what can be sometimes a stressful thing, sending a big email out, right? And and the chimp, you know, it makes it somewhat enjoyable. It's yeah, like you've personal. taken t- yeah, yeah, exactly. And you've taken those moments. And, you know, it's like, oh, another email from my cell phone provider. But it was like fun. Like, hey, we're going to have some fun. Here's some animals that are going to join with you along the way and go and give something away. And I love that you say that because, again, it is so important. And and that's how you drive brand authenticity, right? Is finding those moments that matter. And those are the things that truly break through or add to breaking through, I should say. We were chatting a little bit before we started recording, but talking about the TELUS calendar. We've done a critter calendar for many, many, many years, even in a digital age, our customers continue to tell us how much they love getting their TELUS calendar. So we continue to do it as a delighter for our customers. But we ran a a really fascinating body of research about two years ago. It was just before the pandemic hit, actually, and ethnography. So we followed, you know, a handful of Canadians in, in their homes and in their lives for a number of days and gathered some incredible insights. But two different people mentioned the calendar. <laughs> so it is exactly what you say. Like, those are the things that break through and have an impact. And that's where you create a brand relationship. That's where you fill your tank in terms of your ability. When if, if something does go wrong, you have the relationship to draw from to make it right. 
and therefore make it that much better when you make it right. Yeah. I feel like, you know, we've had Spotify on the show and we talked about they filled that void in my life when my brother stopped sending me mixed CDs, right? <laughs> and I feel like I had my Uncle Daryl used to send me a calendar. I, for every Christmas, I'd get a calendar. And it was kind of like, it became a ritual. It was almost like, tell us, you replaced people's, you know, uncle or brother or mom or whatever, that ritualistic moment when you got the fresh calendar every year. You've become that rhythm, you know, part of their lives. Yeah, exactly. It's an expectation and it's a warm one, right? Like it's a warm reminder. <laughs> That's awesome. So, okay, I need to, you know, do we... Listeners would be sad if I didn't ask agency relationships. What is it like? What's what's your advice to those that are agencies listening and thinking, hey, I work with X brand. How do I become a better agency for them? Oh, like, again, we could spend the entire time talking about yeah. this topic. And it's something that I'm personally, not just because of my role, but probably because of my background and the fact that I loved working agency and I've found so much passion working for TELUS. So I've sort of sat on both sides of the fence. And I also think that we are in such a such an amazing time of transition in terms of the relationship between agencies and clients and what shape that's going to take for different clients, for different industries. Like it's very interesting to see where we're going to go. And I think we were already on that journey. And I think 2020 like thrust us forward in that journey. Um, so I have spent actually a fair bit of time talking, uh, thinking about that very subject I think there's a few fundamentals that um, regardless of which side of the fence you're you're looking at the question from, um, we we as marketers, we need to challenge what we know to be the process. We need to be brave to think about doing things a different way. And that might sound a little bit lofty, but I really think when you boil it down, like it's easy to follow the client agency process. It's easy to follow a traditional creative process. You know, you get a brief, you take the brief away, you sit in a room, you do your thing. Now you do your thing in your own room as opposed to, yeah. In, in, yeah. you know, in the thinking room or whatever, the red room, whatever the agency labels it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Lego room, if you rethink, they have a whole room with Lego on the wall. It's really cool. So that you can yeah. like get your yeah. creative juices flowing. Yeah. Exactly. And we have to be brave to break through those molds, I believe. And if you don't sort of put that courage forward, then I think we're going to rest on our laurels and we're not going to be able to, to sort of break through. And I think that lends itself to structure. I think it lends itself to, as leaders, like talent, what is the right talent that's going to drive this kind of change? Who do you want to be your change makers? And how do you want to position those people within your teams, right? Not everybody's going to be a change maker, but somebody has to be or a couple of people have to be. And I would also say, like putting the agency hat on and something that we've been talking a lot about in the last couple of months with, with our agency partners is what's at the core and what's at the foundation of the relationship? Because at the end of the day, we're in a people-driven business, right? It's, it's people that have the ideas and it's people that can recognize an idea and bring it to life. So like, what is the health of your relationship? Where do your values align? How do your values align? How do those things come to life? Because on the agency side, if you can strike up that strong relationship so that you can have the hard conversation, but it not be hard yeah. or make the hard conversation easier or more yeah. palatable, I suppose, yeah. or have a virtual hug at the end of the hard yeah. conversation. Yeah. That's how I think we're going to continue to break through creatively yeah. and break through 
you know, from the perspective of innovation. And that's how we're going to start to shift processes. And that's how we're going to better understand each other's challenges to, you know, come together and, and, and deliver better outcomes. So, you know, be courageous, be brave. I don't want to say think outside the box because it's too cliche, but, but, but pressure yourself to think about the status quo and what your status quo is. Yeah. That's amazing. Have you ever brought all of your agencies together? I know, I don't know if it's even possible, but physically into a room or virtually into a room to get them to know each other and be like, Hey, I want you actually working together because versus, you know, staying in your own silos. Yeah, absolutely. And so we do an annual, we call it a partner conference. Nice. Oh, awesome. Yeah. It used to be physical. (laughs) Yes. This year we did it virtually and we still managed to make it a success. I would say we had to sort of change the, the content structure and you don't get the same benefit of networking, but we used a virtual platform and all that kind of stuff. Even in a year of pandemic, when in, we, we always do it in January, when literally nobody in Canada was traveling anywhere, we made it a priority because our agencies are not vendors, they're partners. And if our partners don't partner together, we will not collectively push stronger, better creative outcomes. So yes, we we do it annually. It will remain a strategic priority for us. It's critically important that our agencies collectively understand our vision and our strategies for the business, of course, and hear from the leaders of our business. Equally important for our agencies to want to partner together because as soon as you create some of those silos or there's an interpretation in one agency that's different than another agency, then you just spend time trying to stitch it together versus it happening naturally, I would say. Or they start pointing figures at whose fault that was when it didn't work. Yes. (laughs) It's happened probably. (laughs) Yes. And if an agency is listening or a creative is listening and they're like, man, I want, how do I get Telus's attention? How do I get the attention of Lisa? She's amazing. I want to work with her. What's your advice to someone like that? Do they do they mail you something? Do they do something online? Do they wait for an RFQ RFP thing to go out? This is a great question. How, my goodness. I mean, like, let's connect on LinkedIn. Okay. Like, like, uh, okay, for a creative, let's connect on LinkedIn. Yeah, Showcase okay. your portfolio. Nice. Showcase the great work. It's as simple. It's as simple as that. Message. Okay. Give D- me. Give me an idea. Uh, Get into your really DMs. Micro answer. Yeah. D- yeah. DM Lisa. That's the. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. But and you'll listen, which is great. Also, that you were like, hey, you're open to hearing other. Okay, that's cool. absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Hey, listen, good ideas and good talent yeah. can come from anywhere. Wow. Um, and it, and if we and if we leave ourselves to traditional models or systems for accessing talent and ideas, then then we're totally behind the eight ball. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> that's amazing. Okay, this next year we're looking forward. We, you know, there's been enough people dissecting and you know figuring out yeah. the past, but going forward, what are you excited about? Like wh- whether it's with Telus or you know the other brands or, or just your industry in general. Like what what are you looking forward to in the future? Okay. It's a great question. And although you started it off by saying, let's not look back because we've all dissected yeah. 2020 and the first half of 2021, but I can't tell the story of the future yeah. no, please. without spending a moment yeah. in the past. Yeah. No, that's great. That's great. We know, know our history, right? Before we... Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Oh. 2020 really did lead us down a path. And in terms of our ability as an organization to respond to the pandemic and yeah. keep Canadians connected when it mattered more than ever. And it's like, those are fundamental truths that we don't need to spend our time together talking yeah. about, but they're important because we realized as an organization that we were really uniquely positioned to navigate the massive change and disruption yeah. 
in customer needs, customer expectations, like not even connectivity, but just needs and expectations. Like Babylon just went off. You you were doing Babylon before COVID, I feel like. And it was just, it became the answer to most people's health. Yes. Like we were were able to launch in new jurisdictions very quickly because, you know, government realized that we needed to have this kind of connectivity. Um, But part of it was also like, so so if we just, if we shifted and focused specifically on the marketing lens or on the advertising lens, what 2020 did for us is it gave us what we felt was a little bit more freedom to speak a bit more boldly about our social capitalism, our purpose, our giving, you know, so we launched some campaign activity, a stay strong series for those of you who might've seen it, like, like, you know, in keeping with the times in in 2020, but it also acted as a catalyst for us to take a pause and say, what do we want to do with this moment from a brand perspective? And our brand promise, the future is friendly had been our brand promise for 20 years and it served us really, really well. Yeah. Everyone knows it. The future's yeah, that's great. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And you know, it was it was developed at a time when technology was scary. People didn't know how to use their devices. It was moving so fast. And so Telus took the opportunity to make the future friendly for all Canadians. Yeah. But that technology landscape has changed vastly over 20 years. And our world changed drastically in a single year. And so we took that moment to really evaluate whether the future is friendly was still the right brand promise for us. And did it still articulate the breadth of who we are as an organization and our values? And so at the beginning of 2021, we launched a new brand promise, which is let's make the future friendly. So this is a monumental shift that is like minimal in its language. But what let's make the future friendly means is it places an invitation at the heart of our new brand promise. TELUS is extending an invitation to Canadians to join us in being a part of doing something good in society and in our communities. I think we launched it with a campaign at the beginning of the year. We saw some great brand metrics. But if you use that as the platform to answer your actual question, which is what are you going to see more of moving forward and what am I personally really excited about? It's how we're taking this new brand promise. And using it as the opportunity, as the door opening to start meaningfully integrating purpose into all of our marketing and communications. So this isn't a this isn't a master brand play. This is an organizational approach to competitive differentiation. And all of our we refer to them as our commercial campaigns, but our product marketing campaigns from this year forward integrate purpose as a key message. And we've done a lot of thinking in terms of how do you still, you know, make sure that you're getting your product message across and that you're hitting your sales objective, like from a, (laughs) from a performance portfolio perspective. And so we spent a lot of time thinking about what is the right blend of purpose versus product messaging in our communications? What does that mean from a creative articulation? What does it mean from a media articulation? What is the extension of that integration on our telus.com digital experience? What is the extension of that at the community level when you think about our corporate and retail store experience and the team member experience there? And so when I think about what I'm excited about people seeing more of as we exit 2021 and enter 2022 and beyond is just that really, really core, authentic integration of purpose. And then the other thing that I would say, which is what I view as the fun stuff, is 
we've we've evolved our visual identity. So we we've talked a lot about our lovable critters. They're not going away, as I yeah. said, but we've changed our photography and videography style to be a lot more natural, a lot more real. There's a lot more realism in the marketing that you would have started to see and that you'll continue to see. I mean, we're evolving as we go. We're learning the boundaries of the elasticity of our brand as we introduce the new VI. We have some new, introducing new colors in our palette, really modernizing the look and feel of it. And so again, I think next year is going to be, you know, last year was figuring out it's time to make a change. This year is making the change happen. And 2022 and beyond is embracing and proliferating and just pushing that forward. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. And if you think about like, I I loved what, as you were talking about this, because at the core, like the the actual action of what one does, like I'm thinking of like Notorious Cree. He's this incredible indigenous dancer, artist, TikToker, Mm -hmm. educator who, you know, and I actually don't know who powers his cell phone or, you know, but his work, like his art, his education is all done through TikTok, but done through a cell phone powered possibly by Talus, right? Hopefully. And so, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I know. But like, that, like the, the campaign and the idea of that, of even saying like this incredible advocate, like, you know, could possibly be powered by Talus and, and the power that Talus provides people right across the country is, is pretty amazing. It, you know what? It's so cool because you think about like as a marketer or an advertiser and you think about telco and you're like, mm, is telco a fund industry? Is it dusty? No, it's phenomenally exciting. Oh, yeah. Like we are as a technology organization, like, and, and when you think about 5G and the human outcomes that 5G, that we're on the brink of enabling, like it's, it's fun- like there is no more exciting space to be yeah. than where we are. And And I love that example that you gave. It's the perfect articulation of, what our brand represents and what our product yeah. offers. Because he, you know, it, he could be on any type of phone. You know, he, you know, he could be on a whatever Samsung, Apple, you know, whatever Pixel, whatever. Yeah. It, but but all of them need to be powered by some sort of whether it's you know whether he didn't get data, so some sort of Wi-Fi, maybe Telstar, yeah. or some sort of data plan, yeah, powered by possibly. Tel- and so it is the you're the undergirding. I feel of creativity and creation in this country. Absolutely. I love that. I might write that down if that's okay. <laughs> I'll credit you though. Don't worry. <laughs> but but it's a pretty amazing role you play. Because if you think about it, Telco play, I think even more than even say five years ago, like sure, five years ago was you can get that phone call saying, I'm running to the hospital, our baby's coming to, yeah. you know, now, which is I've just created this five part series on TikTok that just changed people's lives. Yes. And, 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 and we're, and we're brokering that access. We're brokering that connectivity. We're brokering the sharing of, you know, learnings. Like I, I just, I think that the moment in time that we're in as a society, as a nation, as a world is so pivotal right now. And, and it's the sharing and the connectivity that's to use the same word a third time, really brokering that and how phenomenal, right. To be, to be able to do that. And then again, when you look at the future and you look at the possibilities of 5G and the incredible human outcomes that our world leading 5G technology is going to enable, you think about agriculture, you think about sustainable food growth, you think about, it goes so far as remote surgeries, you think about, you know, you go even further to driverless cars, which is not really what we're here to talk about today, but like, that's all the foundation of it. Yeah. Yeah. That is incredible. That is incredible. So. Lisa, you ready for rapid fire? I'm going to try. Okay. <laughs> Let's do this. What was your first job? Okay. So first, 
like job that paid me a paycheck. I was a flag person on a construction site holding the stop slow sign. Not cool, but I did it. My first like real job was at Microsoft Canada as a partner account manager. That's amazing. That's really yeah. cool. So Super when cool. you see the flag people now, do you give like a little nod? Totally. I like offer them a coffee. Like yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's a hard job. Yeah. Yeah. No, especially on like really rainy days or really hot days. Hot both. days. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Um, night owl or early bird? 100% early bird. Okay. Uh, yeah. Cat or dog person? Dog person. Okay. What was the first thing you ever marketed? The first thing I ever marketed, well, okay, I guess at Microsoft, Certified Partner for Learning Solutions, that was the channel that I managed. So I marketed learning programs for IT professionals. That is amazing. That Super is amazing. cool. <laughs> Shout out to Microsoft, those that love your Microsoft Word. Maybe That's right. <laughs> the person who taught you how to use Microsoft Word was inspired by Lisa to become a certified training professional. Exactly. So Dark or milk chocolate? Oh, I would honestly, if it's in front of me, I'll eat it. Yeah, perfect, perfect. What is your favorite word right now? Oh, juxtapose. Nice, <laughs> like that. I love that word. Okay, and this might be a hard one for you because you probably have it, but what is the last charity you supported financially or the volunteer time and why? Okay, so this one is easy because it like, I literally just did it this week, but yeah. I always, every year support the Walk to End Cancer. And and there's a few reasons why. One, my mom is a cancer survivor, so it's a cause that's near and dear to my heart. And I have been active in supporting cancer research for many, many years as a result. But also, TELUS, there's a group of people at TELUS that are heavily involved. So while I have navigated away from doing the walk myself for the last couple of years, which I'm a little bit ashamed to announce, nonetheless, every year I support the TELUS team that walks. So I just did that last week. That is awesome. Very cool. Um, what is a movie you could watch like over and over and over again? I mean, it's super cheesy and I'm a bit embarrassed to tell you, but I will be honest and say it's Dirty Dancing. Yeah. No, it's great. <laughs> I literally will never tire of that movie yeah. because like nobody puts baby in a corner. No, nobody does. Nobody. <laughs> no. That's great. Um, what is a favorite song or album on repeat right now for you? Okay. So I have been listening to Ed Sheeran's album Multiply, the one, the green with the X on it, which is yeah. a little bit old and dusty, but it's yeah. my running track yeah. right now. So yeah. I, go, I go through phases when I'm running and that's yeah. the album I'm running to right now. <laughs> that's very cool. I just made it a transition. I got really into Peloton running, like nothing else. I don't have a bike. I don't have a tread, but the running uh, tutorials. Okay. And then I just ran for the first time just to music because I was like, maybe I can go without a human running alongside me. Well, I've never um, tried a human. So maybe I need to try that. Oh, they're really, <laughs> Jess Sims would be my recommendation. So you can do three months for free. Okay. And Jess Sims, because they've got great playlists. Like they put together these amazing mixes and then they tell you things like, you can do hard things. All right. This is the last interview. And this is the last push right here. And okay. it's kind of fun. Yeah. So I, if you're running alone, it's a nice, feels like yeah. someone's there with you. Yeah. I'm totally going to give it a try. Yeah. Yeah. If you weren't doing this job, what would you be doing with your life? Okay, honestly, this one's easy for me to answer because, and I have said this to many people before, yeah. and I'm happy to share it with you and any listeners of the program. Yeah. I am doing my dream job. Yeah. Okay. If, if we had met 12 years ago or 15 yeah. years ago and you'd asked me what my dream job was, yeah. I would have told you it would be to do advertising for TELUS. Wow. And now I get to lead the TELUS brand. Like, wow. oh my goodness, I'm the luckiest person alive. So, if I wasn't doing this, I would just be wishing I was doing this. So I don't even think about it. <laughs> okay. That's amazing. That's the first time someone's ever answered like that. That's incredible. Yeah. Usually people always have their backup. So that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. I'm totally hooped. <laughs> yeah. 
That is awesome. What is an app on your phone you can't live without? Okay, super boring answer to this one, but honestly, it's banking. Like, how did I bank without an app before? I I don't ever want to go to a bank. I don't ever want to go to a mobile bank, and I certainly don't want to call the bank. No, no. And you can take photos of checks now, which is really cool. Yeah, exactly. It's amazing. Okay, that is awesome. Favorite children's book? I have young children, so I feel like I have access to a ton to evaluate it from. But the uh-huh. one that would stand out, I think, is as top of my list is a lovely children's book called Ten Little Fingers and Ten Little Toes. Okay. If I recall correctly, I believe the author is Mem Fox. Okay. And it's just nice. this beautiful story yeah. of everybody, regardless of yeah. where they come from or yeah. where they live, 10 little fingers and 10 little toes. And it's just um, like, it's easy. The illustrations are warm and lovely, yeah. but the underlying message yeah. is like so foundational. That's so awesome. that's my favorite children's book. That is awesome. Best thing you ever bought for under $10? Ever? I'm not sure if this is ever, but yeah. what's top of mind right now is we found these water balloons yep. that are like, you only have to stick one little oh. connector on the hose yeah, and it fills up. Yeah. Like amazing. We have been water balloon fighting all summer and it's like so much fun. That is incredible. That's, you know what's funny? I We just had a babysitter who brought them to our house and I saw the after effects. So I saw the little yeah. piece of plastic and then the, the it looked like almost like a squid body uh, yes. of the long strings and the hose connector. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that is yeah, awesome. there is the aftermath of it, but it's totally worth it when no, you're totally doing worth the it. fighting. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, and they they kept some of the balloons, and they made a little balloon family, my children. So it was kind Oh, of like, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, like a little one and a bigger one. And yeah, it was quite cute. So cute. Yeah. What's the most important thing you ever changed your mind about? The most important thing I ever changed my mind about? Okay, so if I answer this through the lens of career versus necessarily my personal life, so I'll take the career path. Yeah. A couple of years ago, I had the opportunity to change jobs. Yeah. And it was a really compelling opportunity. And I was really, really, really torn about whether or not to change my path. Yeah. And at the end of the day, probably goes back to my earlier answer of I'm living my dream job. I just, despite my drive for career growth and, yeah. you know, my ambition and all those types of things, I just, I couldn't bring myself to leave the Tellus family. And I'm so glad. I am so glad that I changed my mind about changing my path. That is amazing. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. And it's, it's rare to, you know, people usually ladder by jumping, you know, side yeah. to side to side. I love that you are choosing to stay deep and it's kind of like, it's, it's almost, you know, the idea of loyalty and kind of fortitude is, is an older thought. So yeah. It's, it's yeah. Cool. I think you're right. And I like that insight on it because sometimes you do have to move out to move up and you know, if I made the decision to stay, which I did, it was like, okay, am I setting my path? Like, am I narrowing myself? But if that's the case, it doesn't matter because I just love what I do and I love who I do it for. It's awesome. It's really yeah. cool. Um, business or marketing book that you'd recommend? Oh, okay. So I'm, I'm like, I go through probably like peaks and valleys or whatever, but yeah. right now I happen to be back in a big Brene Brown phase. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So I've just been binging on her Dare to Lead yeah. podcast series. Yeah. And one of the episodes that I listened to last weekend was with the author of a book called Smarter, Faster, Better, The Secrets of Being Productive in Life and Business. Nice. The author is Charles Duhigg. Okay. Nice. So I haven't read it yet. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, but, but you heard from the author. 
directly. But I heard from the author. Yeah. He wrote another book called The Power of Habit, okay. which which circulated. Yes, I, I, I read it probably back in 2015 or something like yeah, that. It's a really, popular really book. great book. Yeah. 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 So it's his newest book. Okay. So I can advocate for his dialogue with Brene Brown about, about it. Okay. And I will share that it is next on my list. I'm actually quite excited to get into it. That is amazing. You know, it's, it's funny. I am actually reading an opposite book now on Sabbath. So it's okay. on becoming less productive, more restful, and taking breaks in your life. So the, oh. the Sabbath, the, the tradition, the Jewish tradition of taking a day a week to, to rest, yeah. um, going on to farming and agriculture uh, tradition as well as letting the land lay furlough every so many years. So yeah, that's, that's, that, yeah, no, it's, no, it's, in, it's two sides of the world. You know, it's great. It's great. And you need both though, right? In life. You do. Like, yes, yes. The, the balance of, of life and that's productivity. That's right. That's yes. right. Um, okay. You mentioned Under the Influence, which yeah. I love, and we've had Terry O'Reilly on the show and he was amazing. But what is another podcast that you'd recommend that you love? Marketing yeah. News Canada. <laughs> You're so sweet. sweet. (laughs) I had to. Terry O'Reilly. Well, the other one that I'm into right now is Brene Brown. And I'm struggling to think of any other favorites at the moment. But really, my podcasts are usually around leadership improvement. Terry O'Reilly, I do for fun and learning. Yeah. Um, and but, they're but so well produced stuff, right? and they're kind of, and they're quite historical. Like I like, yeah. I like discovering, like I'm working in history, but I love knowing the history of our industry, which is quite Same. nice. I, my podcast, so Spotify will now tells me what podcasts and recommend stuff when I'm listening to is circle round is a really popular one in our family. If we're doing dinner for my kids. So I have like a three-year-old, six-year-old, seven-year-old and 14-year-old. And so it's like old historic stories, like children's stories, but done by like actors which is oh, really cool. cool. Yeah. And they're usually like 15, 20 minutes or we'll go for a drive and I'll put on a story round or circle round, circle round. Is the circle name. round. I made note of it. I'm going to look into that. I, that yeah. sounds like a great thing to listen to on the drive to the cottage. Yes. 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 It's a good, <laughs> like, it. yeah. Kids quiet. And it's, yes. it's a good moment. Glorious. Moment. Um, what about a newsletter or website that you go to for like resources, inspiration? Honestly, like I kind of probably live by my news alerts, like Digiday Daily, Strategy, yeah. Yeah. Ad Age. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I probably get my like six or seven alerts a day. And that's really what I do to sort of keep on top of the trends and then go yeah. deeper from there when, when something's particularly relevant or interesting. Yeah. Do you love seeing Telus show up in Strategy Magazine? Yeah. Is that always a joy? Yeah. That's of course a good it day. is. Yeah. You that's just, awesome. You, it's, like a, it's, a, it's like a little bit like proud parent feeling, yeah. right? Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. What do you think, what are some skills required for this new economy when you're looking to hire people and what, what are things that you're like, man, this new world we live in, this is what people need to be get working on as far as like their resume is concerned. You know what I think is, I mean, we could, we could do, go down the path of technical skills, yeah. but really I think it's the human skills yeah, that okay. the Gen Xers, maybe, yeah. maybe we weren't raised in the same sort of way that millennials and, and the future generations necessarily were. And I think that now is a time where as leaders, we need to shift to a humanistic approach to leadership, but we also need to be hiring in the leaders of tomorrow. So I think we need to be looking at those things. What is a person's, what is an individual's skill set? Like, let's assume skill sets are are equal. I think it's that, you know, like character, curiosity, inclusivity. Those are all, those are all humanistic tendencies. And that's where I think we need to start leaning in. Yeah. That's awesome. And Lisa, where can people find you out on the internets of sorts? Where, where do you, where do you, uh, where do you hang? Where do you reside? 
okay, well, I already said LinkedIn. I hope I get a ton of new LinkedIn connections. I'm pretty active in the CMA. So I'm actually co-chairing a council, a new council this year. It's kicking off in September. It's a creativity council. And it actually goes back to one of the questions you were asking earlier around what is creativity of the future? What is the client agency dynamic in-house agency? Like how do we push the boundaries of creative forward as an industry in Canada? Um, So definitely pretty active in that community and excited to be even more so active. And CMA stands Um, for Canadian Marketing Association. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Canadian Marketing Association. Very cool. Um, Lots of thought leadership coming from them. I'm in the final stages of of completing my chartered marketer course nice, yes, at the Canadian yes. Marketing Association. Yeah. So I hope to have those initials to put after my name on LinkedIn when we connect in the coming weeks. Um, yeah, that's probably where you'll see me. And then and then you'll see me behind all of the fabulous yeah. TELUS advertising and market. It's <laughs> amazing. Lisa, thank you so much for joining us this week on Marketing News Canada. I appreciate the opportunity. I loved the dialogue and thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so make sure that you look out for Telus's new campaigns. I'm I'm excited for what's going to be coming in the future. Very very cool. And of course, thank you Telus for powering the internet to be able to host and record such a session. Uh, Mark News Canada, powered by Telus, and uh, we'll see you next time on the show. All right, thank you so much. Take care. Thanks for listening to Marketing News Canada. For more episodes and other great stories from Canadian marketers, visit marketingnewscanada.com. All episodes are recorded in the Jelly Marketing Studio thanks to our producer, Chris Penner, and editors, Travis Jeffers and The Podfather. Kudo! At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.